Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hello again. Is it me you're looking for? Hi, it's uh, Michael Rosenbaum here. Hey guys, Tom Welling here. Thanks for joining. Oh, and I'm Ryan. <laughs> oh, and I'm Ryan. I hit the, re- I hit the well, record button. Welcome back to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast where each week we go back and we watch every episode of the show that changed our lives, maybe changed yours. We discuss it with you guys. We discuss it with each other. We have questions. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to call in and leave your questions for this episode, make sure you get some in for future episodes. Our hotline is 213-538-2883. Make the question short and make sure you're in a quiet area. Dogs barking. <laughs> you know. Uh, I hope you liked last uh, last week's episode. We had Kristen Kruk on. Um, it was a joy to see her. We're going to try and have some guests as we continue the show here and there. But the real, the real whole idea of this show is for me and Tom to really go back and discuss these episodes and remember them, remember things that happened or not remember them, and uh, kind of dissect them from a viewpoint of, as adults. One of my favorite things about doing this podcast is talking to you about these episodes because in many instances, this is the first time you've seen the episodes. Correct. <laughs> How dare you? I saw the first season, most of the episodes. It was later on that I stopped watching. I mean, I didn't really watch a lot of the episodes. But well, we uh, would. I, sorry, real quick. I know we're getting into this, but I I do recall being on set, and and you know, there the gift of our characters is not knowing what's going on with the other characters. So, and a lot of times, Lex would not know what Clark has been. Up yeah. To so why read it? Good. Why know about something that you don't need to know about? I don't need to know the the storyline for him. Uh, guys, if you want to follow us, we ask you to do it. If you're a big fan of Smallville, if we were part of your lives growing up, if you are starting to watch Smallville with your kids or you just, for any reason, go follow us on the socials. It's at Talkville, T-A-L-K-V-I-L-L-E, Talkville Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Follow us everywhere and Talkville Pod on the Twitter um we really appreciate you and we want to keep this going so the more listeners the better uh it's also my my favorite part is the questions oh yeah i love love it brings things up we didn't think about yeah we'll get to the questions a little later but uh right now without further ado let's get into it let's get into season one episode six hourglass i know tom ryan last episode ryan and i didn't love we didn't hate we're right there in the middle tom you gave it a rose you you uh you know you're a little more uh, forgiving than us which is fine and uh this is an episode that um I will say I liked a little more for sure. There were some really great moments, some highlights. We'll get into it. Um, I will say I appreciate Tom's optimism with it, and it helped me appreciate last week a little more. So thanks, Tom. I think I think it did too. I think when he started, because I was going to give it a bomb, one bomb, and then Tom started talking. I was like, you know what? It was kind of amusing. It was fun. 
The effects were cool. There were some good storylines. So you know what? I moved it up to a heater. I'm harder to please when it comes to these things. I'm just I'm that way with all movies and all shows. It doesn't mean I don't like it. I obviously love Smallville, but uh, I'm gonna be I'm I'm trying to be real here. I'm trying to I can't give every episode rows, two roses, three roses because there's some episodes that warrant that that deserve it. And I just didn't think Cool was one of those episodes that deserved to be in that category. That's what. Well, I'm and, and and to support you in that, uh, there's a thing about production and in, in Smallville. This was very true. From a budget standpoint, one of our, one of every four episodes had more money than the others, and the others would give up money for that episode. So one out of every four is usually a bit better than the other three. You are right on. We've never said that, and it's so true. They would save money for certain ep- big episodes, mid-season show, finale, premiere, whatever. Um, here's a little overview. The title was called Hourglass. It aired November 20th, 2001. Director was Chris Long. Writers Al Goff, Miles Miller, our good friends, and the creators of Superman, Jerry Siegel, Joe Schuster. Guest star was Eric Christian Olsen as Harry Volk. And I'll tell you what, uh, I thought he did a great job. We'll get into that. Synopsis. Lana befriends Harry, an elderly murderer living incognito in a nursing home. He falls into a kryptonite pond and regains his youth. Harry starts killing descendants of the jurors who convicted him, one of whom was Jonathan Kent's father. Interesting, interesting episode. Interesting episode. Another one with back to back with the lakes. We had we had Crater Lake last week. That you get in there, you got kryptonite poisoning, and now this particular lake, particular lake, makes you young. <laughs> do you do you, do you know the, the the psychoanalysis of water and what water means in your dreams? It means that you're gonna wake up with a pissy pan. No, it's it's like you go. It it well, a lot of times it represents some sort of sexual situation and you might want to cut that or not but it's like the when you dream about things with water that's like the deepest part of what your soul can be so water is a is an as a um is a metaphor if you will really i did not know that well have you tried therapy i have been in a lot of therapy as you know (laughs) better help uh brief little play-by-play of what happens in the episode and we can interject and talk about this and thank you guys we'll get into the questions later there's a few questions we'll answer and um i hope you're enjoying these episodes re-watching them with us we have to it's just it's enjoyable it's enjoyable for us and maybe we can sometime find a way to have some kind of contest or something where tom you and i watch on a zoom live with with a certain amount of people. Maybe we could figure that out. Or do a live podcast with fans in the room. Maybe. Maybe we do a live podcast. What do you guys think? Write us on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. Uh, Okay. Opens up on Clark visiting the retirement home for community service to get closer to Lana because Lana is working there. Clark meets a mysterious elderly woman named Cassandra who is blind and can foretell the future. And by the way, when it said guest stars, I don't know why this woman's name wasn't on the guest star because she stole the show. I thought she was fantastic on the show and very creepy. And I think she had to wear these contacts, right? Those that were in her real eyes. I, um, the two things that jump out already is I remember, uh, the scene where Clark and, and Pete are walking. Pete's like, what are we doing here? And then Lana comes out. That reveal to me was great. <laughs> That's right. Oh, this is why we're here. We're here because Lana's here, Clark. And the actress who um, who played the, you know, the, the woman who could see the future, I remember like those contacts were so disarming. And she couldn't see a damn thing. I remember that too. I remember her being really sweet. She was very sweet. And I remember, I, I remember asking her, like, can you see anything? She goes, no, it's great. Because she was playing, some, you know what I mean? Like she used it. 
Yeah. I, I think it added to the performance. You know, I mean, I was going to wait till later to say this, but at the end, I don't know why I got emotional. It was weird. I got emotional when the old lady died. Well, because Lex killed her. She gave her, gave her a heart attack. I mean, I just kind of kind of got sad. I guess, yeah, she got a heart attack because she saw into Lex's future, which we'll get into. But I got emotional. I don't know if it's because my grandma's 90, about to be 94, and it reminded me of my grandmother or something, but I got emotional. I had to cry. There was also no resolution to it. it that's where it just, that's where it ends. Yeah. She, she yeah. also played the character in a beautiful way of when she was looking into people's future, there was no um, agenda for her. And I thought that was beautiful. She wasn't trying to get stock tips, you know, for the future or anything like that. It, I thought that was a very warm thing that she brought to the character. Yeah, warm characteristic. Uh, at the home, Lana is caretaking an unknowingly murderous old man named Harry who accidentally falls into a lake filled with kryptonite and emerges as a young man. Uh, well, <laughs> when she leaves him there in the wheelchair and goes, yeah, I'll go do that. I'll leave this old guy in this wheelchair. And then he disappears. I mean, that's traumatizing. That's like, I don't know why she's not crying in a scene. Like, I don't know. I don't. I just left him to go get something. And, I mean, that's the choice I would have thought, but I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, yeah, uh, there were there. I mean, I think I'm not speaking for Kristen, but I think there were some things for Lana that were uh, under um, less than addressed in some circumstances for her character. Yeah, for sure. Uh, look, the old lady predicts some close to Clark. Someone close to Clark is going to pass soon, very soon. Um, and obviously Clark gets a little frazzled by that. That was uh, I thought that was pretty cool. It was it was really it, this episode was I think the darkest at times. You got this murderer. You got this. You know we see into the dark path, dark futures of both uh, Clark's and Lex's. So I thought that was really good. It was very it was multi dimensional and it was something we didn't do a lot in the series. We had a lot of actors, a lot of crisscrossing and age changing and all these like um, very interesting elements. Yeah, and I thought Eric Olson did a really nice job. Didn't you like the guest star, Ryan? Yeah, uh, it's it's fun to recognize these people who come in as guest stars, right? And then to think like, oh, they're what he's been on NCIS LA for like the last decade I or something think like so. that. Yeah. Dumb, Dumb and Dumber. He was in Dumb yeah. and Dumber, wasn't he the lead? The second one, Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Uh, so then his character Harry goes on a mission to kill all the descendants of the jurors who were on the jury that sentenced him in the past. Clark visits Cassandra because he can't get her uh, premonition out of his head, and she helps him see her warning more clearly as he visualizes being at his father's gravestone. Was that a difficult scene to uh, to deal with when you saw that? Um, uh, to be honest, I didn't remember it until I watched the episode. And what what Clark, what I had going for me as an actor is confusion and not understanding what was happening in the moment. And I, that's what Clark was going through. So what, what could this possibly mean? You know, you just kind of use those things when you're playing the characters. Yeah. Lex goes to visit Cassandra to learn more about Clark's future, but is denied denied. He's, I think, I think he's also a little freaked out by her because he's a little afraid of what he might see or what she might see. Clark visits Cassandra again, who by this time knows that Clark isn't normal like everyone else. At this visit, Clark witnesses Harry attacking Zoe the waitress in a vision. 
Back at the coffee shop, Harry stays late to prey on his next victim, the granddaughter of another juror, Zoe Garfield. He really played this guy, and I liked his attire, the way he was dressed, old school. You know, they kind of like the wardrobe was really cool. The way he even acted, I thought, was a little bit like he was this older guy from a different time. I think he really. There's that, that scene in the diner where he's sort of using language from another time. Yeah. Everybody's like, huh? Yeah, I really dug that. Yeah, this is where this is where young people congregate. Is one thing he said. Congregate, congregate. yeah. That's a that's a word that most people don't use, right? Yeah. Congregate. And he said and he called the the waitress doll. Yeah, he called her doll. Yeah. Exactly. Things like that. The only time you ever hear the word congregate is when they're telling you not to do it. <laughs> that's heard, heard it a lot during Please COVID. Please disperse. You cannot. <laughs> Clark shows up to save Zoe and fights off Harry, putting him in the hospital. So that's when you. Uh, she was about to get run over by the. She got run over by the truck, which I thought was a really cool effect. Where the truck goes over you and you see the sparks fly in your jacket, and uh, that was really cool. Again, I guess she just lets it go. She didn't see it. He dove on top of me. Somehow he didn't get hurt. I mean, we just had. That's what you. I mean, I don't even know why I bring it up because that's what happened. I just got lucky, I guess. You just got lucky, I guess. Clark meets up with Lex. Uh, who grills him more about the car crash and the impossibility of Clark's efforts to save him. Okay, so I don't know if you remember this, but that scene we shot and they didn't know where where they were going to put it in any episode. We shot, we were doing another episode when you and I filmed that, thinking it would be in that episode. It didn't go in that episode. This was episodes later. Yeah, and they tried to, well, they found a way to drop it in. And in some ways it feels a little forced and that's kind of why. Yeah, it's dark though. It's dark. It's like, hey, Clark, you know, you know, is there something you want to tell me? Is there, you know, how did they, you know, my my guys went through this and they just, I hired the best guys and they just say, you know, it couldn't be ripped open like that. It just wouldn't happen. So, I just like to look on Lex's face and you're kind of look like, oh shit, just um, got lucky, I guess. And that's the beginning of all the lies, the freaking lies, Clark's lies. You see, folks, it's where it all started. He doesn't lie. He just doesn't say the truth. Well, you could tell him the truth. It's like, Lex is looking out for you, buddy, trying to get you laid. And what are you doing? <laughs> well, I mean, imagine this. You know what, Lex? You're right. Here's what happened. Here's what I did. Well, I ripped open the car and I, what? The whole show would be different. That would be cool if he actually, they should have a series where he does tell Lex his, his uh, you know, his secret. No. Let's go reshoot it. When the police go to retrieve Harry in the hospital, they find that he has aged back to an old man. That was hard for me to track. I didn't understand the back and forth in the episode. I I, I didn't. Yeah, Ryan. Why why was that? He he because he he. uh, How did he go back to being an old man? Like, did he have to get more kryptonite in order to do it, or I don't know. Maybe I'm dumb. Oh yeah, maybe he didn't have enough kryptonite. It was just such a small dose. But we didn't. See, well, oh, wait, well, you. No, we're missing something. Well, you fought him. Didn't you, didn't you like punch him real hard? And then. <laughs> then he became old again. <laughs> and that was it. I punched the, you punch, I punched you the punched life, the out, life of him. out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Uh, what was that? What was that movie years ago about the, the, the elderly people who go in the water with the aliens and they come out youthful? Cocoon? Yeah. That's. Was that what it was? Yeah, I think that's. I don't think I ever the, saw that movie. What this is about: the old people go in the water and they get youthful again. This episode is sponsored by Better Help. 
You know, a lot of us wish we had more time, but time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing in your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you could do more of it. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Therapy can help everyone be the best they can be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Listen, learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Talkville today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Talkville. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When Clark discusses the absurdity of this with Lana back at the nursing home, he notices that the lake at the home is full of kryptonite. This leads Clark to go question the old uh, Harry back at his room. After this, Harry is allowed to roll back out to the pond alone, where he, he then dunks back in so he become young again and continues his murderous rampage. While Harry goes to visit the Kent residence to kill Jonathan, Clark uncovers Harry's motive back at school with Lana, Chloe, and Pete. Martha attempts her escape from Harry, who is attacking her. However, he's killed the phone lines and slashed her tires, forcing her to hide in the barn. In the barn, Martha pulls the hatch to feed to come down onto her, and Harry nearly kills the... She's not in the barn. She's in the silo, right? Yeah. Yeah. In the silo. The corn silo. The corn silo. That had to be kind of like claustrophobic being in there. I mean... Um, Very, very, very dangerous shoot. Um, I remember probably top three most dangerous things we ever did. And I didn't know it at the time. Um, what happens is if, if something goes wrong and that stuff's coming down and you're in there, you're done. Like you can't really get people out of there. Yeah. It's hard. You, you, you die pretty quickly. You just can't breathe. Yeah. That was pretty creepy. It made me uncomfortable. Clark, of course, arrives in time to save his mother by ripping open the feed silo. Lex returns to Cassandra to learn about his future. And sees a premonition of him as the president of the United States slowly turning into a doomsday hell-like situation. This premonition kills Cassandra. Wild. Um, uh, what I what I really liked having having watched it yesterday was uh, Lex's reaction, which was like, you know, five, you know, ninety percent awesome, but then also like, wait, we need help. We need to help this person. 
Yeah. You know, he, you could have just stood there and been like, didn't care about her at all. But I thought it's just a little thing that I thought was good. I really loved seeing Lex, you know, in the white suit. And then he kills these, the flowers die when he touches them. And he's got the black glove on, you know, it's showing the future with the black uh, glove, this little inside. And then it, the blood rains from heaven in a way. And just like th- the world will be dark when he's at his full evil potential. And that was that was pretty cool. I I really enjoyed that. And then the sadness of her dying. Well, especially the fact that you you didn't play Lex that way. Um, but for him to have complete control over the world and then decimate it, where it looks like you know the Terminators came through. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I think I and I felt like there was a spark in Lex of like, if that's the future, I want to change it. But he didn't know. She never told. She was never able to tell him. Which was sad. She was like, I wonder if she would have told him. She probably would have said, get out. Get out now. What did did didn't Clark maybe this is stupid. Did why didn't didn't Clark see his premise? Clark saw his. Why didn't you why didn't Lex see because his? Because he's he has superpowers. He no. has certain innate abilities that I didn't have. You're right, dumb question. And not a dumb question. No, I mean, but it, it it comes across as if Lex saw it, but technically he didn't. Interesting things of note. Uh, when Harry Bolston says that Lana Lang's family moved to Smallville in 1938, this is a reference to the year that Superman was created. Oh. Uh, don't really understand how the kryptonite just turned the old man young. Like, why did it have that effect? But, you know, th- that's the question I had because, you know, in, in the episode before Crater Lake, it made him cold. Well, all the powers sort of reveal the darker truth behind all the people. But maybe, that maybe it? that's what it is. They're in. What's the deal with the kryptonite? What is the deal <laughs> with this kryptonite? And you'll see it with the bug guy early on. It made him a bug guy. So, like his deepest desires, maybe it is deepest desires. Yeah. I mean, Lex is working so hard to keep the crap factory going. Why he doesn't figure out that kryptonite should be the focus? You think? You think? You think he's a he's a he's a bright guy. The knife stabbing Clark's chest slow mo matrix effect was really cool. Again, it didn't it didn't uh, live up to the old effects when you first watch it, but um, I give those guys kudos. I'm gonna lie, that one worked. You thought it worked? I thought that one worked. You I, did. I thought that scene was pretty good. Like yeah, like it was. Um, yeah, I guess it would all happen in the wake of Matrix, but I thought it worked. I also remember that this was for me as an actor learning how to do these things, like understanding what the camera was seeing and almost acting for camera in those stunt sequences, because you feel like you want to do a certain thing and they're like, yeah, but the camera's over here. You know what I mean? And I was learning these fight sequences at the same time. Yeah. How taxing were those fight sequences early on? I mean, how many hours did you, did you have to rehearse? Did you just do it on set? Did you figure it out on set? What was that like? We would, so we would shoot, we had what what they called eight day episodes, but they were actually two. They were actually ten day episodes because there was two days a second unit. So I would work all eight days of the episode, and then as you guys or other actors would start the next episode, I would have two days of basically stunt work, um, and then I would jump back into the next episode. I love those days. Um, you love fun. stunt work. You like stunt. I work. love it. Yeah, it's physical. It's very clear what what everyone's doing, and it's. You know, I, I those days were my my fun days. Didn't you feel like at the end of the show, like season two, season three, season four, season seven, weren't you just tired of like the fight scenes? Like, oh god, I got to do a fight scene. Let my, or you always liked it. I never got tired of fights. Never scenes. got tired if, of fight scenes. Ever. I love it. And in fact, in the projects I've done since, 
um, it's been clear to me how much I learned because I can, I can go into fight sequences now. And like my, my experience in them is so helpful because of that. Um, whereas, and not to say anything bad about other actors, but I, you know, for 10 years I did fight sequences and now I work with actors in stunt sequences and they're like, wait, 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 what's happening? Right. And it's like, God know. bless stunt men. I mean, and women stunt people, as you would say, um, they really make us look good. And it's to the point where I've had stunt guys, stunt ladies say, hey, don't tell people it was you who did that. It makes us look better. If they think that, they go, was that you? Say, yeah. Tom, did you have the same stunt guy the whole time? Uh, Chris Sayre was Ooh. my stunt guy for many, many, many Tell years. him what happened to Chris Sayre. Uh, well, I don't know how much I can say about it. Not that I'm was any part of it, but I know there's some legal stuff at the end of it all. But he he was on a dis, well, he was supposed to come through a building, a warehouse on a decelerator, and the decelerator failed, and he was very, very uh, tragically injured. Um, and, he recovered, uh, but it took a long time. I mean, he, yeah, he I he, think he, he fell. To I want to say he fell 25 or was it 50 feet? Three or four stories at least. Did you see it? No, I wasn't in the room. What, the Thank other thing God. is, here's the other thing. Because I had so little time that I didn't work, any time I could get away from set, I would. So if they're like, oh, we're doing something with the stuntman, I'm like, later. Yeah. And I would, even if it was 10, 15 minutes, I would take a walk. I mean, I, eat, I, I yeah. I remember asking so many questions about that for people that were there. And one of them said, I go, what was it like when he hit the ground? He said he was just like, well, he's broken. He was, in just, many he was just like, trying, I, I was in my He couldn't b- b- breathe. He's like, yeah, I, I knew what they were filming. Oh, I didn't love really give too. it much thought because they were, everybody was so good at what they were doing. And I heard the ambulance. And I was like, what is an ambulance doing here? And then they were like, uh, just stay here. And then like nobody wanted to talk about it. And oh, um, it, was it was very trash. tough. Yeah. It was crazy. It, similar thing was, happened to my uncle. My uncle was a stuntman uh, for a long time. And a similar thing. He was doing stunts at Universal uh, and he fell like that. And he permanently injured his spine. And he he took a long time to recover he's he's mobile but it's 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 rough it's challenging yeah uh, the other thing about the stuntman yep. is as much as you know as your ego or whatever your passion and you as an actor you want to do it you have to realize that some of these things the stuntmen have been practicing for five ten days to oh, get in yeah. shape and choreography and all these other things so for you to walk in there and think you can do it, like, dude, it's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. So you do as much as you can that's safe. Oh, they've been working on it, filming and then you it, leave it angles. To the professionals. Yes, yeah. agreed. Uh, a father, what a father moment from Jonathan to Clark. Your destiny is to protect people, but our destiny is to protect you. Pretty rich. Harry being allowed to return to the pond where he just fell in alone is absurd. But. They didn't know he fell into the pond. They thought he just disappeared. Yeah, I guess he didn't, we can. He, didn't, he didn't have wet clothing on, even though the, the I mean, the wheelchair was tipped. And do you remember anything about this episode? Anything else that stands out that you remember filming this episode, or has it been too long? Um, no, not not a lot popped out. Other than I did enjoy watching the episode. I was like, this is a really good episode. Yeah. What was your? What would you say the highlights for you were? I think it was working. Um, the the challenge I, I I'd never acted in a scene with a blind person, or you know, a blind character. Right. And and it was freeing in a way because you don't you're not being looked at while you're trying to communicate. 
Um, and I, I thought that was uh, sort of like an, I don't know, it's like a freeing, it's a, something freeing emotionally about that. Yeah. Uh, the, that actress's name is Jackie Burroughs. Jackie, Jackie was Burrows. Cassandra. She was Cassandra. She passed away, huh? Uh, 2010, yeah. She was only 71 when she died, though. So she was. Wait a minute. She died in 2010. So that means she. Yeah. She, that means she was only 60 when she did our show. Yeah. So that means in 10 years, I'm going to look that old. That was. Were there some. Was there a little makeup, maybe? I don't know. And uh, George Murdoch, who was the um, guy who played Harry. And he. He, he was great. He was great. He was, very, great. he was like wonderfully unlikable. He was. He was friendly in a way, you know? Um, well, why don't we get into some questions that some people had? What do you think? I think that's a groovy idea. Uh, remember the hotline, 213-538-2883. Leave a message. Make it short. Um, we appreciate it. And uh, we can't answer everybody's questions, but you know, we choose a few questions each week, and um, we'll see what happens. Please Here's... leave a short message at the tone. Yes, a short message at the tone, and make sure the audio is good. Here we go. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Hey guys, it's Leanne. Um, in regards to Hourglass, which really is one of my favorite episodes. I mean, I have a lot. Um, well, I have like four favorites, but Hourglass is definitely one of them and is so prolific. Um, in rewatching it, I was wondering, first of all, um, what it was like working with such an accomplished actress who played Cassandra. She's just absolutely amazing. So again, thank you both so much for doing this and allowing us to be part of it. I really love and appreciate you guys. Bye. Thank you. Um, we just talked about that, I guess. Um, I well, I, I, it brings up a little something for me, whereas I was so new in the business and I was trying to just learn from everybody and in many different ways. One is how the other actors conducted themselves on set, how they conducted themselves in a scene, how they stayed focused, and everybody's a little different. And I remember her being very calm and focused and like happy to be there. Not every actor is happy to be there, believe it or not. You would think that every actor is really happy to be in a scene. They're not. Um, but she was very, you know what I mean? She was very just present. She was. There was no rushing to her performance. She could, you know, you could see her feeling things. And I remember just being enamored by that. Yeah, I remember just, I just remember vaguely that she was very strong. She was very, very sweet and full of life. Um, and she, she, she nailed it. She nailed that role. So thank you. Here we go. Hi, my name is Rachel. It was cool seeing Eric Christensen Olsen in this episode. Any fun stories working with him? And have you guys ever worked together again? Did you ever work with him again? Not that I recall. 
remember we I've were up for, stuff. yeah i remember we were up against each other for certain roles i want to say he auditioned for like maybe lex or something but i don't i don't i don't know one thing i i i remember his energy being really interesting he just had like a he was vibrating at a higher level all the time and i thought that was cool yeah i think he did a really great job and he's a he's a good actor and uh you know i didn't get to work with him so uh i can't really speak but uh you know I we should have had him a guest on the podcast we would have been more professional about that. i know i should have had him on here to talk about his episode from 20 years ago i'm sure he would have loved that <laughs> he's like what show hello this is ray harada in episode six hourglass do you guys know what clark and lex's visions were supposed to mean so obviously not everyone clark loves is dead and I don't think Lex would actually have blood raining down on him. So I was just wondering what the symbolism, like if you were told. Huh. That's interesting. Um, I guess it was, it's just everybody's imagination runs wild. Like, you know, what is it? I, I, I could speak for myself for Lex. I mean, I just felt like, you know, it was all symbolism. It was all about, you know, he's going to cause a lot of havoc. He's going to cause a lot of pain with for people. He's going to... You know, he's going to be the most powerful man of the free world and, you know, that sort of thing. And that's where the foreshadowing was and that it was just going to go darker and darker into, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, what I thought was scary about the vision for Lex was how pleased Lex seemed in the vision. In the vision, he seemed pleased, but horrified in real he life. He destroyed everything. Yeah. Every single living thing is destroyed. And that's to me, that's not the Lex that Clark knew. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true. Was that your first guy's like big? Because those were some big, heavy special effects shots. Was that like your first like big green screen? Yeah. Shoot. I, I, well, I remember, I think it was blue screen then, wasn't it? Or was it or what, blue? Was it blue then? I, I don't recall. I know that the graves, the, the grave scene that I was in, that was a practical set. They actually built that. Um, really? Yeah, not I mean, for if me. You at, if you look at it, it's pretty simple. It's a bunch of styrofoam head headstones that are in a very true you know, condensed circle, and then a big crane shot that goes up. But for you, it's different. I, you know, yeah. For me, I remember I worked with Greg Beeman. We shot that scene, and it was just in a big studio. And um, there are some what were the flowers called? Sunflowers. Sunflowers. There were yeah. like a handful of there were some sunflowers there. And, you know, he's just like, I want you to go to the sunflower. I want you to smell it and just smile. And then all of a sudden blood's going to, and it was just like one take. We had one take with the blood. I mean, that was You know it. what's really funny is, you know, the sunflowers have very little smell at all. Filming that was, I remember fun. I remember I had fun. I had fun doing that stuff. Was well, that's a, that was a beauty. And you guys would hear us talk about Greg Beeman a lot on these podcasts because he's a genius. But that was where Greg would you know, we trusted him and his vision and what he knew was going to happen after we left. You're like, okay, this seems ridiculous, but if this is what you want, I trust in you. And that's a, that's a great relationship to have. Yep. Hey, Tom. Hey, Michael, this is Trevor. Um, my question, Michael, I'm curious, the, the president Lex in a white suit, you know, raining blood down scene. It's pretty wild. Any stories or fun behind the scenes stuff of note from that scene? Yeah, like anyway, what was your thanks, was there anything that like that you reference or inspired you to sort of jump emotionally to in those scenes? Relax. I, I just remember the smile. I do remember just thinking, 
of just being the best, being the biggest, being the brightest, being like I am everything in that scene. Just saying, you know, like you are the old, powerful, omnipotent, you know, guy. And um I'm a god. And Beeman was like you're you're happy. You're 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 just you're loving this. The blood and the the gore and you're she's yelling shit at me and I'm like, "All right, all right, all right. I get it." Um it was fun, but I remember that the blood, I was just I was trying to be cool. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. And the well, the bloods, and I'm just looking like like an old Jewish guy. Like, I'm Jewish, I could say that, but I was just like this. I was like, ah, 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 ah. bloods hit me. I'm like, oh god, what is this blood? <laughs> that's what I that's what I remember. I was like, shit, man, did well, I look there, cool there's enough? There's this moment. It actually just I just did a movie where they had to they they had to this guy gets shot right next to me and they had to flick blood at me. And man, it's that moment where you know it's coming, and just before they flick it, you're like, eh. you just kind of like, I know you just you, you just... gotta fight. So you really have to just focus on something else so that when it hits you, it surprises you. You're so right. Like, okay, Michael, relax. We're just gonna drip all this blood on you. And you're like, Ugh. I know. It's like, oh my, here it comes. I gotta be cool. I gotta be like, oh, I'm not cool. Oh, it's cold. It's blood. Oh, it's in my eyes. And I I read on the internet from a very good source that that was actually goat's blood. Is that true? No. <laughs> I don't believe it was. I think it was fake blood. It was a bunch sure? of. I don't know what it it's was. A very reputable source. It's from the internet. It must it was be true. I, I heard he requested it too. He requested the goat's blood. I requested. That's yeah. a lie. Don't listen to them. What do you think are the highlights of the show besides Cassandra? We said Cassandra. The acting was really good. Uh, the future of Lex. The future of Clark. Um, what else? What else was really good? My takeaway is just the the theme of of destiny. And, and the question of, can you change it or not? That was that to me. And by the way, not at the time, I don't think I grasped that concept, but as I'm watching it, I feel like that's what the episode's about. Hmm. Also, thank you uh, for the questions, Ray, Leanne, Trevor, Rachel, really appreciate that. Well, uh, I will, let me bring up the fact that you had texted me this morning, just before we did this, that you, you had found that you were like, wow, like hourglass was awesome. Uh, I thought I it was it, really cool. I got to yeah. say, so far, the pilot and Hourglass were by far the best episodes. By far. Like, I am going to... I just felt like it was compelling. The stuff with Lex and Cassandra and Clark, that alone was enough to make the show, bring the show up a level. Tentpole moments. Yeah, those to me were like, hey, Smallville's cool. This is a cool show. That those were the moments. Didn't you feel that way, Ryan? 
I did. Um, did do you think uh, it had anything to do with the the direction? Do you guys want Chris Long? Do you guys remember that at all? Um, I don't remember Cliff Cliff Long. Cliff Long. <laughs> Chris Long. <laughs> I don't remember his name. I don't really remember. Was it a woman or was it a man? It Chris Long is a man. He he directed uh, this one, two episodes in season one, and one in in season two. And I wish I could remember. I remember some directors, but others, uh, you know, because remember, you know, I probably worked with 150 directors, and Tom probably worked with 200. So, um, well, we, I mean, to be honest, at the beginning, we, there were a lot of directors we didn't see, or it was so busy toward the end of the series. We pretty much had five or six directors that were in constant rotation. That was helpful. Yeah. They, they, they knew the vibe of the show. I was, you know, I, I still, even to this day, when I watch, I, I could watch the shows without critiquing myself as much as I used to. I used to go, oh my God, you look like shit. Oh my God, you're a dork. Oh my God, you're delivering those lines like an asshole. Oh my God, you're, you know, it was hard to watch myself. And now when I watch, I go, you know, I can sit there and go, hey, you know, you did a pretty good job. Uh, or sometimes I could still go, oh, you weren't on that time. Or you, I could tell you were nervous then. For some reason, I know myself well enough to go, eh, when I was around the Kents, I was a little, uh, you know, but my character was supposed to be a little nervous around the Kents, you know, they didn't make him feel comfortable. He didn't feel like he belonged. Um, uh, I think I think one thing that that, come, that comes out in this episode is you get the, the charm that you brought to the character, which isn't written. You know, here's Lex is a guy who seems to know what everyone's going to do. And he's always one step ahead. And there's no charm in that. It's actually kind of annoying to be around people like that. But, you know, you're, there's a way that you kind of like saunter around that is uh, very interesting to watch and, and humorous at times, which, you know, again, that's not on the page. Yeah, well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. You know, and I, I was even, I'm not, not to, you know, compliment you, but like I noticed there were some scenes where I was just like, you know, I could see you getting more comfortable. I could see you getting better and better as the episodes went along with your character and you had some dialogue and you had some things to say and, um just i could see the wheels spinning you know i could see the wheels turning they're just you you were thinking you were you weren't just reciting lines you were acting and i thought that was really cool um yeah i definitely thought that but i I will say i also didn't like i'm always like sometimes i could tell the makeup did you notice the makeup on my head ever no really I did. I noticed. I was like, "Oh, you're wearing makeup." You could see it because on the head, because they had to wear. Remember, guys. I don't know if you know this, but I had to wear. It was like it, they put three layers of of makeup. Like you couldn't have, see any hairline, so they had to do these like the first base coat, first shave my head completely with a bic, straight, soft. Then put a layer on a base, and then another color, and then just to make it blend, and then blend my face into it. So sometimes in the episode you'll see, oh wow, he's wearing a lot of makeup, and sometimes it was really good, and, and that also. I remember so many millions of times showing up to the makeup trailer. It'd be like five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, poor, poor me, poor, poor everybody. But and <laughs> I'd go in, and you'd be like, you know, shirtless. You'd already been there for an hour, and you'd be like, well, I'd be like, I don't care. <laughs> well, I don't care. I'd be, and I would walk over because you always had your music on. I'd turn your music off, and I would just sit down. And I'd be like, I, you're just miserable. You're like, I'm working fourteen hours a day. I don't care. I don't care. Oh my God. Those moments in the trailer, you know, the makeup trailer. It's like we spent most of our time with Natalie and, and the hair and the, you know, Christine. It's such a, it's you know, such Christine a died. Place. Christine died. Yeah. That was really sad. She was always so lovable. She was from New Zealand and she used to always come in like, Michael, how are you feeling this weekend? Did you have a nice weekend? And uh, she was always so sweet. In fact, 
season whatever it was she go i was looking for an apartment something just cheap something near the water she goes well my friend is um you know like leasing a place so if you like need to and i used her christine's friend's place and she was always wonderful but she did our hair for years well she didn't do my hair because i didn't need her but, <laughs> no one did your but hair. she did your hair i remember one of my favorite things is her saying i remember her saying to me hey there's just nothing better than a man in shorts and blundstones <laughs> blundstones are those little boots you know like australian and she's like oh nothing better and i was like i don't know what you're talking about and like you know i saw a picture of it and i'm like really <laughs> oh oh and the makeup, like Natalie, like remember, you're in the you're you're with Natalie. She's with you on set all day. She's with me for she, out. She was there um, as much as I was there. She was there a little bit more, and she had a full family. She had kids, a husband. I mean, and I, I, she knows my she knew my whole life. She knew she was like a therapist. I should have paid her on the side. I really should have. She was wonderful. Uh, yeah, and and that that relationship you have with hair, makeup, and wardrobe is very special because if if you're on set and you know it's a performance, you're there to give a performance, and those people who come in and touch you and you know that's a very intimate thing, and there's timing to it to allow them you know to do that. I mean? Like you know, you have to they, be comfortable. They feel your vibe, like you know, I'm I'm sort of a you know, I don't need the attention, but if something needs to be fixed, come on and do it. Other actors, if you don't go in between every take and adjust something, they're like, whoa, 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 what's going on? And that's just different preference. And those people, those professionals have to figure that out about who they're working with. Do you miss the uh, miss film? We For the first X amount of seven years, I was there when we just worked on film. I think it wasn't until season eight that they started using the digital. That the, 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 the transferring out of film actually for from my experience only made things better faster things move faster faster and um for hair makeup and 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 for like people like glenn winter or dps they did a lot of work during that transition to figure that out for me things just went faster so yeah well what stands out for you ryan out of all the episodes like what so far besides the pilot what stands out to you as like the the best episode uh, I mean, I agree this one because, uh, I mean, six, you're six episodes in. It looks like everyone's getting comfortable with everything. Um, it's, uh, yeah, this one had some, like, interesting uh, emotional things happening, had some interesting action things happening, had a little bit of, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, mystery. Mystery. Uh, mystery. Intrigue. Um, intrigue. Sorry, yeah. that's bad, <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to bring alan miles on we should have them on an episode and let them talk about I love you know I, I real quickly you know what i love about alan miles they were always honest always and honest you could always call them runners showrunners <laughs> it's almost in the it, they're not supposed to be honest with actors actors are like you know kids that you don't give scissors to like people like <laughs> don't oh, don't talk don't don't tell him too know, much don't, don't tell him too much don't oh, let, just let him ha, ha, happy we love you and al miles they were just honest and i think that you know we didn't always agree on things but there was an honest exchange which which created a great trust yeah that, that, that helped i always loved them i always remember calling al up or miles and just saying hey i feel like this scene i'm too evil like i'm too dark it's written he's like no we know you're gonna play against it play against it you know, they would say that sometimes, or they would just say, um, you know, they they would fix things for you. They would adjust, but uh, 
always there always um well, and they were so good at what they did they're really like, even good. like there were times i'd call and i'd be like you know maybe i didn't want to do something or i didn't understand and they'd explain it or they'd just be like no you're doing it yeah and here's why and it's like oh okay i didn't understand that but now i do yeah i hope this animated series with them works we'll see it has to <laughs> it has to we'll see uh okay death and save count how many people got saved and how many died so saved zoe garfield uh was saved you saved her from the coffee shop what was the coffee shop called what's the coffee shop called i know later it became the talon talon that's all i remember it was the, the talon became but this one i don't know what it was called oh, because of crows oh, no. yeah i don't know yeah, the talent, the talent. I didn't even think about yeah, that. The crows, the crows talons. There's no right, the claws. Uh, Martha was saved. Deaths. Jim Gage, the homeowner, where the lights went out. He was strangled to death, like Harry used to do with piano wire. With piano wire. Ugh. I'm glad we didn't get to see that. Ugh. Although I would have liked to see that. Cassandra dies, and Harry dies. Three deaths, two saves. Oh. How do you feel about that? I feel pretty good about it. I wonder uh, if, I, you know, that's something that when we have Al Miles on this, I want to ask him, or like, is that something they tracked? I wonder if there was someone in the writer's room who had a tally. They must, because they. it seems like they tracked everything. We can, we can make a wager. What will win, saves or deaths? I bet saves mate wins, because you're always saving the shit out of people. Um, Ryan's favorite. He's going to tell us three scenes, and we're going to guess which one was his favorite. Out there, if you're listening... Tell me if you got it right. Tell us if you got it right. Don't lie. See which one you picked. Here are the three scenes, Ryan. Man, this was chock full of good scenes. This was great. This is a this is a really good episode. This was fun. So, uh, first one I have is that scene of the coffee shop where uh, what's his nuts? Harry attacks Zoe and then Clark saves her. What's his nuts? <laughs> I had to look down at my my notes. Uh, that whole scene, that sequence. Um, then there's the sequence where Harry uh, chases Martha and she defends herself. And then there is the uh, the vision scene at the end. Well, that's an easy one. I think it's going to be the vision scene. Tom? I mean, yeah, you have to say vision because that's the big takeaway. But I do like to see that Martha is defending herself. I think that's that's awesome. But I I, I, I got to go vision. Yeah, it was really yeah, it was the vision. It's now two to one. Two to one. Rosenbaum's up on Welling. Two to one. But I will say it was um just going back because we didn't really talk about it much, just seeing um Martha was just she was she was aware. She was like really like like aware that like some bad stuff was about to happen and she was on her toes and she uh I, I liked the way it was played. I liked the way she was a strong I, I, woman. She, yeah, I liked I liked that she, you know, she had her wits about her. And yeah, she, she had, wasn't just a damsel in distress. No, yeah, no. and uh, she really like all like with the the whole barley thing in the silo. That was, was a bold move. Yeah, I'll tell you what. The lighting on the show. Remember Bucky? Was Bucky there for the first season? I think he was. I I I feel like he was always there. The whole look of the show. I mean, you know, that's another thing about Alan Miles. They didn't take any shit. Like Miles was always the guy that was like, if someone wasn't doing a job, fire him, fire him. <laughs> you know, he was like, hey. We have to deliver a great show every week, and if it's not great, we're not looking good, and we're going to lose our jobs. Everybody's got to be great. Let's continue this, make every show worthy, and do the best they can. So you know, you always everyone was doing the best that they could, from makeup to effects to uh, 
to lighting to uh all that stunt work everything it was uh it looks great the show always looked great you know it really did no matter how much you loved it or hated it um you know that's it that's it for the uh for this episode um we ask you to stick around um next week as we explore the episode called craving episode seven and that's a big episode with amy adams was the guest star of that episode she went on to get nominated for oscars i believe i don't know if she won an oscar or whatever oh here's a question yeah because because this episode was about going back into younger body what would happen if you guys went back into your younger bodies now when you were on smallville wow tom did it make you think about it tom would i think i was on your podcast and I, i tried to pull this thing of like I can't change anything back then because now wouldn't be my reality. But there's a lot of things I would change because I know more now. I, I realize that the there we could have done things different, per, like from a production standpoint, from a personal standpoint. I could have done a lot of things different. I think I I could have uh, maybe enjoyed the process more as opposed to just being scared of course, of course. a lot of the time. Yeah, um, there's a lot of things you know. Maybe stood up for myself a little bit about schedule some you know a little bit yeah but you know what are you gonna do it is what it is i think i you know i think i I had a lot of fun i think um you know i would have just embraced being bald a little more i mean i did embrace it but i think you know there were times where i just wanted my hair back i just wanted to be able to grow my hair back i wasn't you know being forced to shave your head every day and being in that makeup trailer for, you know, I just was like, you know, sometimes like, can I just wear a bald cap? And then the last season, the last episode of the whole series, I wore a bald cap and I hated it. I was in the makeup trailer a lot longer. So, you know, I'm glad I didn't, I'm glad I didn't wear a bald cap. Well, it's, it's interesting that you use the word forced because they didn't force me actually. That's what I mean. But emotionally, that's how you feel. And I think that's something, even for myself, I think I could have adjust that perspective a little bit if I were to go back yeah. about what I was being made to do or forced to do. You know what I mean? I think I would just have a different perspective on that, those sort of things. Because at the end of the day, you know, they, they do offer you the role and you choose to take it. Yeah. I would have just, I definitely would have embraced the role a little more. I think I was definitely scared early on. I was... You know, sometimes I would have a lot of confidence. Sometimes I wouldn't. It just depended on, you know, the day or the scene. But just to believe in myself a little more, I'm always hard on myself. But, uh, I, you know, there's moments where I think I could have been stronger. I could have been better. I could have been, you know, there's always things like that when you're watching. Like, you could have. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Well, and quickly, I mean, that's what Lex would have been going through. And I also think that for, for an actor to play Lex Luthor, every second that you're on the set, everyone is looking at you d- differently. Like you're supposed to be Lex Luthor. I know. Yeah, dude. I was just playing Clark Kent. who really didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> but every, you know, every time you walked on the set, there was a, there was a standard. No, not, not that anybody knew what it was, but you had to be something special. Yeah. I mean, thank God. Again, we, t- we talked about this. Thank God there was no real internet. Because so you couldn't see what people were saying or like saying, why did they cast him as Lex Luthor? Because they would have killed you. They would have smoked you back then. They would have just left me out to dry. I would have been like, oh, my God, these people hate me. Or You, you never know what people were going to say. Um, again, I love that. I'm going to end this episode with uh, I, I really I really like sometimes they have the best lines like I am the villain of the story or um, 
you know, your destiny is to protect people, but our destiny is to protect you. They, you know, they come up with these things, these lines every once in a while that are um, profound and and really bumper have stickers. Yeah, they they were exactly. They are kind of bumper stickers. Uh, look, guys, we ask you to go online and uh, follow us, Talkville Podcast on Facebook, Talkville Podcast on Instagram, and Talkville Podcast on YouTube, Talkville Pod on the Twitter write things tell us things we do look at things we may not respond all the time but we we view things and we we cherish the time we have with you and we uh we thank you for, for we, being we've with also us. we've already made adjustments this early on in the podcast. yeah you guys are helping us out feedback. yeah the feedback is really helping us we really appreciate it uh if you want to let us know your thoughts for other episodes in season one leave a voicemail over at 213-538-2883 and uh, let's keep the discussion going on online. And uh, I'm Michael Rosenbaum. I am Tom Welling. I am Ryan Tejas. And I'm glad you guys didn't say that you would go back in time and kill everyone who wronged you like this guy did. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we weren't hairy. That's for sure. Uh, thank you for listening to, and watching Talkville. And uh, be good to yourselves. Be good to yourselves. We'll see you next week when we explore Craving Episode 7, Smallville. Talkville, the... Uh, Rewatch Smallville show. You think we forgot about our uh, top tier patrons? No, we didn't. We thank you, uh, all patrons who have joined Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash talkville to support the podcast. We need you. We love you. You keep the podcast going. We want to continue this. Go to patreon.com slash talkville. And now for the top tier patron shout outs. Nikki G, Leanne P, Raj C, Santiago M, Suzanne B. Leah S. Little Lisa, Callie D, Tom T, Mark A. AJ underscore 800, Sophia and Betsy D, Liliana A, Abby P, Meg K, Chris F, Kimberly E, Michael H. Ray H, Karen M, Design OTG. I know all these names. I love them. I know these people. Danielle B, 99 more. Lalani N, Catherine P, Brett G, Super Sam, always S. Farrell or Pharrell T. You know, I hope we're saying that right. Ken J, Estevan G, DJ Kento, Garrett W. Just J, Taylor H, Kimberly L, Danny G, Teresa. I think it was Tyler H, but hey, that's fine. Justin S, Eric W, <laughs> Tom N, Juan V, Tony V. Rodolfo J, Jason W, Osama A, Nancy D, Artem K. Justin O. Tristan C, Adam S, Jeremy G, and Anna M. Amanda R, Brandy S, Teddy127, Michael P, Benjamin P, Ryan R, and Grump... Grumpyitis. <laughs> That's Grumpyitis. We love our Grumpyitis. You guys, uh, it means the world to us that you're supporting the podcast so early on, especially. It means that hopefully you like it and you'll keep listening. Again, if you're uh, wanting to become a patron and join, you get, there's a lot of perks and a lot of cool stuff. Go to patreon.com slash talkville. Mm-hmm.